It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, who in one day, just one short day, he'll return to his old life and travel to a cross-country meet. Gordon, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. Uh, still ha- don't have a camera yet. I've got to work on that one. So I think we. I think to, I have your camera. I'm going to have to drive to your house. I don't even know where you live anymore because you moved. Do you still live I'll in Austin? I still live in Austin. I'm not like Lincoln. I did not move out of the city. I'll tell you off air my exact address, but we left in such a hurry from Albuquerque that I think we kind of just grabbed stuff and threw it in a bag and then went to the airport and we thought, ah, I'll see you on Monday at the office. And that's been since March the 13th, 14th, however long we stayed in Albuquerque together. It's, uh, It's crazy how we thought that was like, oh, I'll see you later. And then we never did. So <laughs> you were the, I've said this to you before on the pod, you were the last person in my car other than my immediate family. When I gave you a ride home, that was it. There has not been anybody in my car since then. Not even my brother has been in my car. Wow. And he lives in Austin. Sister-in-law, take that, nothing. Take that badge of honor. <laughs> Very proud of that. What? So they released entries for this meet that you're going to be flying to in beautiful Stillwater, Oklahoma. You posted them up on the site. People can see them. Obviously, the headline on the men's side of things is BYU, NAU, Oklahoma State's in there, Oklahoma, Southern Utah. We know UTEP's running. Colorado is running unattached. On the women's side, you have BYU, NAU, and then those same teams, Oklahoma State, who has some some top runners there, and, and Southern Utah, and some Colorado runners that are running unattached. What stood out to you when you first got those entries did anything this meet in general is a surprise so uh, what stood out to you well the first is the one name that's not on the list right and that name is nico young nico young is mm. not on the entries so we won't get to see his collegiate debut in the middle of a pandemic we're gonna have to wait a few more months maybe until we get to see him uh but if you look at it, there's only four guys on the NAU roster that competed at nationals last year. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's, I mean, it's, I mean, four is still a lot, but it's not like they're returning the top five from last year. Um, there's no Theo Quacks, there's no Jordy Beamish, and there's no uh, Blaze Farrow. So, mm-hmm. but they do have Brody Hasey, Drew Bosley, Luis Grijalva, and Abdi Hamid and you could argue Drew, Abdi Hamid, and Louise are probably their top three of their seven. So they're still going to be mm-hmm. putting out a very good team. And you got Hasty in there, who was solid last year at NCAAs. And then you also have Ryan Raff there, who qualified for NCAA indoors. I would call this this... NAU team here as Gordon is what are you, he's pulling a blanket up. I, people who are watching the podcast are getting the full experience I'm here. Cold. Gordon just disappeared from the screen and came back with a blanket. 
what would you say? Is this a B plus version of NAU's best possible combination? Because you're right, they could have, they're running their potential top three here. I mean, basically the only two people that could be in this. I mean, I guess it's missing Blaze, it's missing Nico, and it's missing Theo Quacks. But the mm -hmm. thing is, like, you could argue that maybe Theo is interchangeable and so is Blaze. It's really only really missing Nico. I think Nico is going to be one of their top five guys uh, based on conversations I've had with their coaches of what they think this guy's going to become. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be just a, a regular freshman. He's going to be an impact freshman right away. So it's still a team that should win based on what they have. Uh, but after we do look at the results, we should put Nico in as one of their top five and see how much that skews the results even more into NAU's favor. So if they lose by one point, it, they're 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 still the better team because they are running without one of their top five guys. Well, when I look at BYU's squad, who they're sending, that to me looks like a minus of their, their they have a lot of their best guys set to go here led by Connor Mance. You also have Klinger there as well. Garnica and Owens were also in their top five last year. And then guys like Aiden Troutner, the, the freshman who had a very successful high school career, is running. A lot of familiar names for people who have been following BYU the last couple of years of guys who are like their seven, six, seven, eight guy, depending on the meet. The only person they're missing here really is it's Clayson Shumway. So this is a who this is, is actually going to be there. Oh, is he running unattached? Yeah, he's running unattached. Okay, so can someone could... explain why we're running unattached in a season that doesn't count against eligibility? Yo, you tell me. I have no idea. Um, Colorado, maybe they're running unattached because of rules, maybe of Pac-12 rules, right? Okay, sure. But still, why are they allowed to go to the meet then? What does it matter? Well, they're not. You're, allowed, you're 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 a free person. You're allowed to go do whatever you want. You can go to Burger King if you want. You don't need. You should sure, be unattached but, when you go to Burger King. But I'm assuming they're traveling as a team. So this is ostensibly a team function. So I don't know why people are running unattached in a year when it does not matter. Maybe you or can maybe, only enter ten or something, and then everybody else had to be for BYU. Maybe you can only enter ten official, and then you could enter some other if they had space. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. The Clayson Shumway one is weird. Maybe he doesn't have eligibility. Oh no, I think he definitely has. Anyway, in any event, what do you think of BYU's lineup? We'll just we'll call it. We'll count Shumway in the team score, even if they don't. So they have everybody. This is who we thought would show up this fall. Yeah, I mean there was one guy, uh, Daniel Carney. I think those was it him. They had one guy who was eligible for like a seventh year, eighth year Hesling. red shirt. Hesslington, and he's not there. So we know that he decided to just go on and become an adult and just live his regular life and not be a BYU Cougar forever until age 54. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a team that we expected, right? The addition of Klinger in there. Some ways not mm -hmm. there, but he's there in spirit via unattached, so we could score it with him in it after the fact. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically – what we expected, I mean, obviously without a Blaze and a Nico Young. Nico Young's mm -hmm. a big one. I mean, 
I'm gonna after I'll talk to the coach. But if the coach is like Nico Young's like our number two guy or number one guy, that that means a lot. I think uh, it depends. Mm-hmm. We'll see where he is. Um, so I did. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. one of those things where we're gonna have to look at the results and do a little bit of a asterisk to it because we're gonna have to say they do have a healthy kid in Flagstaff who's not racing in this race. So. But I would argue that outside of the NCAA championships, this is the most high-quality people that are running on the top two teams that you would see in a regular season meet. At Nuttycomb, you would see him rest people. At the conference meet, you'd see him rest people. Yeah. At regionals, they'd rest people, right? Like, BYU putting that many guys out there and NAU only holding back one or two, well, holding out one or two is pretty common for everything except for NCAAs, the way I remember Yeah, and also – When's the last time we've had one number one and number two race each other That's outside of a regional, right? Because they always one does pre nats, one does nuttycomb, right? So, or they're like a race or like the white race and the cardinal race, blue or race. yeah, blue race, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's a that's a good question because when yeah, when's the last time one versus two have run outside NCAA's where they're both trying with at least seventy five percent or more? of their roster this is gonna make it worth your trip this is worth your trip okay that's good to know it's how the people upstairs support the trip so that's good (laughs) i had to do some massaging to get that approved i already booked the flight i already got the hotel i already got the the uh rental car i'm flying into tulsa how Mm, far away that's tulsa from stillwater it's like I think it's less than an hour. You could either go Tulsa or Oklahoma City. I think they're both the exact same distance away because the one time I went to Stillwater, I flew into one and then flew out of the other. And it is a – it's an easy drive. I'm excited. I'm also incredibly jealous. What about the rest of this men's – I want to go. I've been clear about that since day one. I I didn't do the whole Lincoln head fake thing of like on the pod, but yeah, yeah, that would be an interesting thing. And then as soon as you get done recording, he's like, yeah, I'm not going. Um. (laughs) <laughs> the rest of the roster – or the rest of the start list, though, you have the aforementioned Lincoln's favorite team, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, on here. Are they are they the next team in the finishing order, I think do you think? The unattached Colorado. Are we going to try to score Colorado in there? Heck, yeah, we're scoring Colorado. All right. Why so not? we're going to have to mainly do it because the timer's not going to do it. Uh, but you see, you see Dressel's on there. I'm excited to see what John Dressel's going to do. Like Dressel's there. For, Horniker is there. Um, Horniker who else is Herrera. They have Stephen um, Jones, who's a transfer from Mississippi State. So, be interesting what Colorado puts together. I don't think Colorado is the Colorado of the 2014, 15, 16 era, but they're still going to be good. Um, I did. So, I just sent a text message to you. I'm not sure if you got it about. Um, how we need to re do we need to look at Oklahoma State's win over Iowa State differently, uh, based off of how good Kip Two is? Apparently, mm. Wesley Kip Two went through eight went through three K of the eight K race at Cowboy Jamboree. This is the Iowa State transfer in eight oh five. That's okay. pretty quick to go on a cross country course eight oh five and then <laughs> jogged, basically implying that. Wesley Kip two might be better than Edwin Kurgot. Right? And if that's true, that's saying something. You kind of 
you kind of compare where the Oklahoma State guys finished behind this guy who's even better than Kerr got, and then you kind of like, all right, well, if they put five within this time frame behind a better version of Kerr got, what does that mean when they go up against NAU? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll find out. Uh, but I think Oklahoma State is secretly very confident going into this race to be might be able to surprise and maybe pull out a second place finish over either BYU or NAU. So Lincoln was right. I mean Lincoln's no Lincoln's not right until it happens. But this is just the five from Stillwater. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, who else should we know about on Oklahoma State's team? We all know Isai Rodriguez, and people probably know Ryan Smeaton from his steeple exploits couple years back are there other guys in there that are close to like that can mix it up with BYU and NAU's top five it's a lot of unknown Mm -hmm. in my opinion because you know you bring up the uh the people I mean Alex Meyer was you know a really good uh high school recruit coming out he's a sophomore Mm -hmm. now but he didn't really do anything too crazy Ryan Shope is a really good freshman um, who was in their top five. They have a bunch of like freshmen and sophomores that kind of haven't really had their like breakout, like race the way Ryan Smeaton has in the steeple or the way Isai Rodriguez has on the cross country course. Um, I would argue that this team is probably two years away from being good. You know, they have, they're like, this year is like their year of like, hey, we can be top 20 again, but they're two years away from being a top 10 team be- just because they're just full of sophomores and freshmen. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the other names, I don't really know. I mean, there are a bunch of redshirt freshmen and sophomores, and we'll, I guess we'll have to see what they do. I don't, to be honest, I just don't know. I recognize the name Bryce Quigley, but I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like 14... It's a bunch of like 1355 to 1430 guys. So maybe one of them is back in shape and is ready to break out and become a 1350 guy, mm-hmm. and we just don't know it yet. But that's what he has. Okay. It's a bunch of 1355 to 1430 guys. Well, that can get it done if you pair it with a Rodriguez and one other person up front. I'm just wondering who the, who the potential All-Americans are for them come – come March because this is the appetizer for the conclusion of the season. The entree comes in, in mid March. So we have a ways to go. And if your team is young, you probably like that setup. You probably like the opportunity to, to wait and train and and get a little bit better. And Oklahoma state doesn't have anything to lose. And they have the advantage of, of competing at home on the women's side of things. Do you expect this just to be the Whitney Orton show up front for, for BYU? You had a ranked preseason number two behind Wayne Kalati and she was the the second returner. Anybody else in there that can threaten her, do you think? Individually, I don't think so, but I will be interested to see what the unattached Colorado squad does because we're going to see Abby Nichols, the Ohio State transfer, Emily Covert, who is a transfer, who is, a, I think, a redshirt freshman. Uh, she, was real, she was one of the top recruits two years ago. Um mm-hmm. Then they also have Rachel MacArthur, who's at transfer from Villanova. So they have a bunch of like new faces on this squad. So it'll kind of be interesting to see what they put together. And obviously, 
Wetmore knows what he's doing with this squad. So it'll be interesting to see like how good they are. There's going to be names in there that we're like, wait a minute. And they're going to don't be, I wouldn't be surprised if unattached Colorado maybe even mm-hmm. wins it based on just like depth. Like Whitney Orton obviously is going to win individually, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they put like Nichols, Covert, MacArthur, Hill all in the top 10. They go like mm-hmm. six, seven, eight. And then all of a sudden, you're like, all right, that's how you win. So, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a big day for unattached everywhere. I don't think they've ever really got their, their credit until now. NAU women, Oklahoma State women's, uh, Taylor Summers is, and I don't see Molly Bourne, the other half of their dynamic duo. Uh, and NAU women, we, they made the meet last year, which was a big deal. Anybody who was following the program last year, like Gordon was, knows about that. But I mean, are they upgraded from last year? Are they taking a step back? Um, I mean, they Taryn O'Neill is still on the squad, uh, so she'll probably be their number one stick. I know Pippi Itell is pretty good. They're only sending like upperclassmen, really. No, none of their incoming freshmen are running in this meet. Um, they they don't really have any like a bunch of like all American type caliber athletes, but I think now that they have the experience of being like, hey, we can make we can make this meet. It's not rocket science to make this meet. This meet mm-hmm. being NCAA championships. I think they're just gonna have a a swagger that like, hey, we may be no names, but we're good enough to put together five women on any given day that's good enough to be top 31 in the nation. I think Taryn O'Neill is their star, is their star right now. I don't think they have a second mm-hmm. star yet. Maybe there's a second star coming soon, maybe in recruiting or someone just has a breakout season. We just don't know that yet. Uh, I do want to know if Delaney Rasmussen is related to the Rasmussen poll because that's kind of interesting. Her last name is Rasmussen. She's a, a political scientist. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think NAU probably finished third in this meet behind BYU and unattached. Maybe fourth. This is an imp- – we were we were talking last time you and I were on the pod together about how you don't want to mess around too much because there's not a clear path to the NCAA meet this year. And we were talking about it in the context of the men's race because what if the rest of NAU season gets canceled or BYU can't compete or someone can't travel, et cetera. But obviously I, it's more impactful for teams like NAU women who are in that second, third tier uh, of squads who need to get quality wins. I think it's important. And it's it's kind of tough when Colorado's running unattached. If they beat Colorado unattached, it wouldn't actually count about – beating Colorado, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a, a committee can do whatever they want, right? They, they can factor in this however they see it. But, you know, if they're able to beat – if NAU is able to beat BYU, obviously that would be a big deal because I don't know – you know, we don't know what the cross-country season is going to look like in January and February into March. So we don't know how many opportunities the NAU women are going to have to to impress, right? Like you have to take this one – you have to take this one seriously because they could do everything right in the winter, but just not get the opportunities. And then you're in a group of what 
How big is that pool of teams going to be for those last 10 spots, do you think? Are there going to be 40 teams that have legitimate cases? 20 teams? I mean, it's going to be a big number of teams that well, are going to make some argument be, that they belong. There's going to be teams that make an argument, but there's really, in the end, none of the teams even matter. I mean, well, we always say that. Like, I know it's I know, mean. I know. But they're, like, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. But neither is yeah. neither is the, the, the 15th seed in the NCAA tournament isn't going to win the NCAA championship or the 14th seed yeah, or that eighth team for the Big Ten. But we still spend time arguing about it. So I think yeah, it's yeah. important. Like, okay. The, the the task of the the task of the committee, the task of the committee, is going to be very hard, and you can make it a lot easier on them if you show up to this meet, and do really well, and then just hold serve through whatever is on your plate in January and February. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there is a. We will get to see. Um, hold on, let me bring this up. So while this is the the best meet going on, there UAB, uh, their Blazer invite. Uh, Whoa, is this Blazer invite there. weekend? It's Blazer invite Bar weekend, bro. Barry in the lead. Maybe I'll. Can I go to that? Can we get approval last minute? Yep. Fly me there. Check out these teams competing at the Blazer invite. Hit me uh, with them. Where is it? Uh, race assignments. Boom. Okay, you got. Okay. First of all, it's three races, three women's races and three men's races. So they're like all letting right. everyone in the mom compete. But in the A race, you got on the women's side, Florida State, Arkansas, Ole Miss. That's pretty good. I mean, it's Florida State, Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Middle Tennessee, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Florida, Mississippi State. But still, Florida State versus Arkansas versus Ole Miss on the women's side. Mm -hmm. That's a good – Florida State's good, and Ole Miss is like a top-20 team. And on the men's side, we're going to see Arkansas – Go up against Ole Miss as well. It's basically an SEC uh, showdown. Uh, but Arkansas originally wasn't in this meet, but they changed their mind and hopped over to the Blazer invite. We should have told Arkansas well, to hop over to Stillwater. They're a lot closer, aren't they? Aren't they closer to Stillwater? They are very close to Stillwater, a lot closer than I thought, which is going to make that cross-country indoor double possible. I learned some, ge some Midwestern, Southeastern geography a couple days ago. I was listening to the Ryan and Alex podcast with with Lance Harder, and he was talking about just the desire to compete out of conference and try to get in some meets where they would run against some other people. So I bet they're pretty happy that they're able to run against the Florida State women in a little SEC-ACC mashup there because they're going to get very bored just running against SEC teams all the time, especially a team like Arkansas that is really good. Yeah. It's, but it's I don't, weird. I don't think Arkansas has much to worry about if they win their conference. I think they could essentially sit out January and February and they would be secured in their position. Oh yeah. What do you think? Well I just want to see I just want to see Arkansas it would be great to see the Arkansas women go up against BYU or the men. We've been mm -hmm. picking the men to be the dark horse podium team for twenty twenty and we're never gonna get to know if they are because we're not <laughs> gonna be able to see them race BYU and AU and unattached Colorado and Oklahoma State. <laughs> The team, the team formerly known as as Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm ex I'm excited for your your coverage coming up this th this weekend. People can tune back into the site and see whatever it is you come up with. But um, yeah, you need to bring. I heard you and Lincoln talking about it yesterday about how you're gonna do interviews and you're worried about them being able to hear you. You need to bring the obscenely long mic that they've had for those <laughs> those uh, sideline interviews because I think yeah. I find those pretty funny. Um, Don't you think? Did you watch the NBA Finals? No. No, you didn't. Did you watch no, the end watched, of the last game? 
No, my wife had it on, I think, part of game five or something for five minutes. I had no interest. Once I, the two teams were decided, game five was I was pretty no interesting. Interest. But game six, it, I'm sorry, but this whole idea that we can have literally 30 people all arms around each other, sweating, and not just the athletes, but like executives and family members, they're all like around each other. Yet the one person interviewer needs to be ten feet away. It made no sense. Like the the only Rachel Nichols is the one that is gonna spread the virus, but everyone else won it. It was just stupid. It was just like Are you visually, talking about they were about the end it was thirty people social distancing from yeah, it was thirty people as one social distancing from one person. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You can't just have a clump of thirty and then six feet and then Rachel Nichols. Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's almost as if like it was performative theater on TV to just tell the, the stupid people at home, see, look, we're doing it. You should do it too. That's what it looked like. But anyway, well, I don't think that, I don't think they care. It was over at that point. Did they care? No, they still did the interview social distance. I'm like, why no, are she, we doing Rachel this? Nick? No. Cause Rachel Nichols cared because she went this whole time, not getting it. She doesn't want to get it. So maybe that was her choice, but everybody else, like they want a dog pile because they just won the title and they're, and they're making their own decision. But I don't think the NBA cared at that point. Cause it's like, you guys are all going home tomorrow. Do whatever you want. You've been locked up for, was it been four months or something? I don't think it was like, Rachel Nichols. A- I don't think Rachel Nichols did it for her safety. She did it because her contract says you better not stand within 13 well, feet of celebrity person. Anyway. Regardless, Dude, if, if I just it, thought it was visually got... weird to see us focusing on a on one person required a social distance, but no one else required. It just didn't make any sense. Sorry. Well, I didn't. I, I was surprised when I saw the plexiglass between the announcers for the whole yeah. season. They 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 kept them separate, but then I mean, obviously. Dude, they had no positives. You got to. They did it right. Whatever they did, it worked. We got to. You know how? They, do you know happened. why they had no positives? It's because they paid they all their players millions of million dollars, dollars to not yeah. leave a campus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can stop but, anything but when you pay people millions of dollars. Yeah, but it works. But people are like on the internet bragging like NBA knows how to do it. Yeah. No, they know how to pay people millions of dollars to follow extremely strict rules. That's what they know how to do. Well, it wasn't it wasn't just the players. You had staff coming in and out. You had employees of yeah. Disney coming in and out. You had the people at the you had, you had team personnel. I mean, I think we got to give credit where credit's due. Did it help that it cost 150 or whatever million dollars? I think that's probably on the low end of things. Of course it helped, but they played uninterrupted ball. I mean, I know you're no, mad no, yeah. Sixers were eliminated like at least four months ago as with my Spurs. So I'm a little bitter as well too. But And I want the season not to count just as much as you want the season not to count. No. But at least Jimmy Butler just, didn't win. Are you happy about that? I'm just upset with about Jimmy yes, Butler. Yes, I'm happy. You're happy. I'm okay. happy Jimmy Butler didn't win. All right. I'm just Let's upset about the whole idea that it was – Oh, like some genius mindset that the NBA had. No, it wasn't that. It was money that they had the the ability to like people lock do, people right. in for three months. People do dumb things do that. with money all the time. People do dumb things with money. I tip my cap to the London Marathon people. They they pulled it off. Completely different circumstance, but they, they figured out how to do it. Obviously, it's because of money. Let's talk about the future sites for the NCAA championships because <laughs> I want to talk about 2028 uh, when the Spurs. We don't know where 2028 least- is. Oh, sorry. Everything before 2028 <laughs> in outdoor, we know. Everything before 2027 in indoor and everything before 2026 in cross country. Let's start first with cross country because that's the season we're sort of in right now. So winter, of course, is going to be still water unless something changes. 
fall, next fall, so around this time next year, is scheduled to be Tallahassee. That's the same as it was originally supposed to be, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then 2022 is going to go back to Stillwater, which I like because just in case they can't hold the meet this year, I like the fact that they're giving it back to Stillwater yeah. because they put a lot of time and money into it. 2023, Charlottesville, Virginia, in that uh, Panorama Fan Farms course, which is pretty well known. 2024, Madison. And then 2025, Columbia, Missouri. Lincoln has already put in his request to cover that meet. What do you think of the cross-country? What do you think of the cross-country sites? I want to break these down in minute detail. We're not even going to talk about indoor outdoor yet. We're going to do a whole cross-country section. Your thoughts? Yeah. So obviously we'll skip over Tallahassee and Stillwater because that's where we already knew about that. But Stillwater again, uh, what if like Stillwater does a really bad job in March and they're like, shoot, what do we do? Like they made the runners go the wrong way. The course was too long. You know, they, you know, there was like a flood, you know, but uh, I think it's great that they're doing that. I mean, they're also doing that on the outdoor stage where they're given Austin, Texas 2023, I believe, because Austin was supposed don't, to host. Don't move ahead. Don't move ahead. I know, Stay but like it's a it's a pandemic. It's a COVID nineteen handout is what they're doing for there. Uh, Charlottesville. So I've been. Have you ever been to Charlottesville? Of course. No. Is it nice? Yeah, it's very nice. I don't know where the parking is going to be. They don't really have a lot of parking. That's a okay. thing. Like so, it's kind of like a really skinny road to get down there. So. That's the one thing I'm kind of thinking about. It's like how they're going to handle people. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful area. Um, I do think there was like a really weird hill in the back somewhere. I, I don't. I went there. I filmed uh, when Stanford went out there to do like a a Rust Buster meet when they still had Grant Fisher and and Sean McGordy on the team. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't really remember much about the meet. It's a nice course. Okay. I'm excited for Madison. Madison's going to be great. Uh, they did a good job. I do think, though, hear me out, mm -hmm. in 2024, Madison's going to host it, and it's not going to snow, and everyone's going to be like, eh, this is all right. I really do think the snow made everyone just fall in love with Madison. Like ten, Not that they, they, did, they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But we might be like rose-colored glasses with the snow in the – in the air to make it feel like, oh, this is awesome. Right. But regardless, Madison's going to be great. And then Columbia, I don't even know where that is. So that is in Missouri, three hours from, that's in Columbia, three hours from Springfield, home of, of Lincoln Shrike. It's at the Gans Creek Cross Country Course, which is a new facility, according to the internet. I'm with you on Madison. I think unless Morgan McDonald shows up again, that's a tough act to follow. They'll probably. Yeah. They'll probably follow that blueprint, though, and between the men and the women, they'll have somebody who's in the mix for, for the title or, or the team race or something because what made that cool was just the hometown element. What I want to see in a cross-country course, and we've talked about this a bit, I want to see some variety if possible, and if not variety, I want something that's you know accessible, close to the city. This whole like driving 45 minutes out of town to this huge plot of grass is not the most exciting spectator experience. I'll just, I'll just say it. Madison is Madison made up for that. I think because that was the exact situation with Madison, right? The parking 
obviously is not great, but the city is fun, but you're not, the course isn't near the city, but the hometown element of it was, was cool. I'm excited to be, see Panorama Farms. I don't think we need to make every cross country course be identical and it doesn't need to all be 300 meters wide on just a huge grass plot where you do 2k loops. I think we can get a little creative, but I like seeing the new names in there. I like seeing Columbia in there and I like seeing Charlottesville in there. Uh, you had mentioned before you wanted it, what, a four-site rotation between Terre Haute, Stillwater, Tallahassee, and Madison, but maybe Columbia and, and Charlottesville that? will sh – Yeah, you said that a couple pods ago. That. You definitely said that. And oh, okay, maybe may, – but maybe – so there's no Terre Haute on here, which I think is the big surprise. Isn't that isn't that? Yeah, that is a big surprise. What I, think they, what, what I think they should do is I think they should rotate it by uh, region. The nine regions, it should be the best course in each of those nine regions every nine years. That would be cool. Okay, that's different than what you said. You have a lot of proposals. I'm going to need to start categorizing these. I think Lincoln said that proposal. That wasn't me. No. Because I think about it. Because then you could have like the West. What would be the best West course? You do like the Washington course, right? Which I think is going to be is, uh, Seattle Pacific is hosts Chambers Bay. Seattle Washington's hosting D2 Nationals, which would be kind of cool. Uh, okay. Anyway, I know I'm going all over, but you know you can have a West Regional host, and then you have, you know, Madison would be the Great Lakes version, right? You can Pennsylvania yeah. Bethlehem get Paul Short course out there doing the the Mid Atlantic region. I don't know. I think yeah, moving it geographically, I think is a good idea. We always with with Terre Haute, we always thought, oh, this is and it's a you know been in. Iowa and Kansas historically quite a bit. You always think, oh, it's just going to be in the, this really cold place in the middle of nowhere. And you can't escape the cold with Madison, but I think it's fine trying you know, Tallahassee. I'm interested to see what that's going to be like, you know, Charlottesville more on the East coast. I, I'm for a little bit of, of variety here. And then if you want to settle on a couple stalwarts, I think that's a good idea because I think having it where there's a hometown presence, which, Obviously, Oklahoma State's going to have a hometown presence. Florida State will have a hometown presence. Madison will. Charlottesville with Vin. See, that's the Vin factor right there. He gets the job at Virginia, and within a year, he's already hosting a NCAA championship. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Not it, didn't, that. it didn't take long. It didn't take long for him, for him to get it. And I'm sure he'll have a team that's legit because – he knows how to build a, a program and he has a couple years to do it and he'll focus, he'll use that as, as an anchor point there. Okay. Be a lot of let's fifth years in, in 2023. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's talk, let's talk indoor. So Fayetteville in 2021, where people may attempt the Fayetteville Stillwater double. Double. 2022, back to Birmingham, site of the 2019 indoor championships where both you and I got sick uh, unrelated to the city. Oh, yeah. City was fine. 2023 COVID happened, right? No, that's no, we were the, no that was we just were you vomiting in the street for no reason. Is what happened. I had the flu and then I asked Lincoln to get me food and he brought me McDonald's, which was like the strangest decision <laughs> any human has made. It was so weird. I ate it. I was starving, but it was just really weird. Like, Hey, you're sick. Here's Here's a burger. A Big Mac. Yeah, I haven't had one since. 2023, Albuquerque, back to the scene of the cancellation. I could just see you and I up there as older yeah. 
men than we are now talking about, hey, I remember the 2020 indoor championships. We sat in this seat and it got canceled. 2024 College Station, who hosted in 2018, have been there. 2025 Virginia Beach. That's Norfolk new. State hosting. That's new. new track, and 2026, too. 2026 back to, to Fayetteville again. Have you been to Fayetteville for an indoor meet? Yeah. Good? You like man, it? I've been here since 2014, man. Yeah, Fayetteville's good. Fayetteville's good. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, first of all, Albuquerque's going to have a new track in 2023, right? Because they're selling their current one. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. You can buy it. New, you can buy it, put it in your backyard for your own uh, garden clash if you want. Uh, but in 2025, <laughs> Virginia Beach, Virginia, that is a new complex. Uh, that's going to be cool. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the 2025. I don't know if I'll still be here by then, but if I am, Virginia Beach will be pretty cool. What's your favorite indoor facility? Is it it's the Armory probably? Armory is cool. Um, yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite. Okay. I mean, I BU's BU's facilities nice. I like BU's facility. Okay. You know, it's more about like. Just like the vibes of BU, because you know, like, oh, this is a place where people run fast miles and 3Ks and all that good stuff. Um, the Texas Tech one, I was surprised Texas Tech didn't try to go for it because they have a new, nice facility. Um, that's my only surprise. I'm sure Michigan try, probably bid with their facility. That's what you got to feel bad for. You got to feel bad for the Texas Techs, the Michigans. Who else? The, uh, what's the, the Staten Island facility? I don't know if they did, oh, but right. like, they build these new facilities and then, you know, we're going to go back to Fayetteville, back to college station, back to Albuquerque, back to Birmingham, like the same, like Fayetteville, Birmingham, Albuquerque and college station. They're all like, that's the Terre Haute and Louisville of cross country. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's really only one new thing in there and it's Virginia beach. Like I thought it was cool when Boise state hosted. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. A long yep. time ago. So I hope so indoor really is still kind of staying to their guns of like these are the established places nothing like what outdoor is doing which we'll get to later but i'm excited for virginia beach new facility yeah i it's indoor so it's not it's not the same as as cross country so you don't have this whole like well that course is cool that they're all the same as each other the only variable there is is the altitude with albuquerque um, and then some of these venues bigger than others, some of them, you know, they have that home, home track feel. Cause Arkansas is going to be in the mix. We know that because they're always in the mix and some of these other teams, you know, they're, they're hosting, they're not going to feel the competitive team. I liked, I liked Birmingham's facility. It got kind of loud in there. I thought like this, the roof was a little bit lower as opposed to Albuquerque, which is in this just enormous convention center. I, I liked how confined the the Birmingham setup was, which is that's something I like about indoor. Like I like when the it's sort of packed, which probably does not work well for the current situation that the world is in. But that I associate that with indoor. Like I associate like the low the low ceiling, everybody shoulder to shoulder cramming in with indoor. So the more you can get that feeling, uh, the better. It is interesting Let's, if you look at it. They really mm -hmm. do like Birmingham and Virginia Beach now because Birmingham is hosting. In 2021, they're hosting D2s. In 2022, they're hosting D1s. In 2023, they're hosting D3s. And then in 2026, they're hosting D3s again. So that's, what, four of the next six 
they're going to have mm-hmm. at least one NCAA championships. Virginia Beach in 2023, they're doing D2. 2024, mm-hmm. they're doing D3. 2025, they're doing D1. And 2026, they're doing D2. So they're also getting four in a row, 2023 to 2026. Just a different okay. division every time. Uh, so yeah. they're, they're really spreading it out on those two. Um, so anyway. And you always wonder how many teams are actually bidding to host. Yeah. How many actually want it? Does Michigan really want to host it? Does Texas Tech really want to host yeah. it? Or are they fine just running a whole bunch of regular season meets at their place and then being able yeah. to go to a championship and have somebody else somebody else handle it? Let's go now to outdoor. A lot of drama here. 2021, Eugene. 2022, Eugene. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Prelims. Come on, man. Oh. Where are the prelims Go at? ahead. Do you so, have them? I don't have them. <laughs> yeah, we got the prelims. All right. 2021, North Florida, Texas A&M. So Jacksonville and College Station. 2022, Bloomington, Indiana and Fayetteville. 2023, Sacramento, and Jacksonville, 2024, Fayetteville and Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. 2025, College Station and Jacksonville, 2026, Sacramento and Lexington. So basically, Jacksonville is doing every other year. Uh, mm-hmm. College Station and Fayetteville are doing like every other year along with Sacramento. So mm-hmm. Sacramento State, Arkansas, Texas A&M on the west, Kentucky, North Florida, and Indiana in the east. Yeah. Not a surprise. Well, we just have to make sure the places they're choosing don't have crazy weather issues because that's been an issue. Like Kansas, remember Mm -hmm. they had crazy storms where they had to like move everything around. Florida, Jacksonville gets their storms too. So every time you're doing a a May track meet in Florida, you got to be careful. So Kansas was supposed to host this year. They were supposed to be the West host this year. And I guess they did not get a do-over for not being able to host. It was supposed to be was it was it Kansas in the West and I want to say Kentucky in the East was what it was supposed to be this year. NCAA championships though outdoors. I'll go through these right now. Twenty twenty-one Eugene, twenty twenty-two Eugene, twenty twenty-three Austin, twenty twenty-four hey. Eugene, twenty twenty-five Eugene, twenty twenty-six Eugene, twenty twenty-seven Eugene, Eugene. Man, I don't like it. Do you like that? <laughs> I'm fine with it. They do a great job of hosting it. Yeah. They built the they built the big stadium. They can put on a great meet. Again, I don't know how many other teams are actually competing for it and actually want it. I know yeah. you heard this last year, and I heard this as well, but I think some some coaches preferred Eugene to Texas once it was being hosted at Texas. And I don't think that was just because of the weather, but just in terms of the meat administration and how things ran. Eugene has just got years and years and years of practice of those things. And coaches, yeah. they like routines. They like patterns. They like knowing where to go and how things are. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, does this surprise you? The only thing that surprised me is they gave Austin one year. Well, I mean, it's a good thing they did that because Austin, had two years and they only gave him, you know, you got to make up for COVID. Um, I mean, I think it would have been cool if like, you know, I want to see like Penn host it. Like, that would be cool. 
mm-hmm. right? Drake, I feel like is like Drake. I mean, they they, but like, what other like big stadiums out there could host an NCAA's <laughs> and they're in a metropolitan area? I mean, I feel like it's Penn. It's Penn. Um, that's it. That's the list. There's something. That's else. your list. There's, no, there, is there, there. That's the thing. No, there's not that many tracks that are capable of holding a meet of that size, and then you add in who's actually willing to host a meet of that size, and the list gets very small. Yeah, it's the sure. Sacramento's, the Des Moines, Eugene's, Texas. It becomes a very short list pretty quickly. Yeah. What and about if this? Willing to do it. Twenty twenty eight, the Olympics, right? Are they in America? They're in Los Angeles, correct? Los Angeles. You think Los Angeles would host the twenty twenty eight NCAA championships? Well, so that's the other one that kind of surprised me. With the new Mount Sac, I thought maybe they might get to host it in L- in LA. Adam, maybe people are worried about costs, but it's pretty expensive to fly to Eugene, and getting to Austin obviously isn't cheap either. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't factor in to this equation too. With well, the new, Mount with Sac the new isn't a Mount Sac isn't a D1 school, right? So sure, but I don't. You can or an NCA school, for that matter. Yeah, but I guess you use could, like the But I think it's not. They're not in the NCA system. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. That seems. Like I a just weird... think I want to know if like, where's the the track for the Olympics is going to be in the Coliseum? I don't know where are they going to put it. Do they have they decided? Yeah, that they're yet? That, yeah they're revamping. Yes, they're revamping that. It's going to be in the main. It's not going to be at Mount Sac. The trials would be at Mount Sac, I would assume, right? But well, they haven't announced that. They're probably going to put the. Tr- Wouldn't you want the trials to be on the track where you're competing in the Olympics? Yeah, I thought that, but for some reason, I think I read something that said. Um, the trials haven't I, been I, given I out. For 2028, they haven't yet? No. Is 2024, Eugene? 2024 is Eugene, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And 2021 yeah. is Eugene as well. But I think it would be kind of cool if the Olympic Stadium, whatever is the Olympic Stadium, is hosting NCAs that year. Like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to try to keep that. They're going to try to keep Why can't that. USC host it? USC, we're hosting the Olympics and we're hosting NCAs. Because you're asking a whole bunch of other – a bunch of people to get along there that – don't have any like the there's the NCAA people and then there's the local organizing committee people, the IOC people. I think it's going to be tough. Um, let's see. I'm looking at. Well, I would the think that be. the local organizing people will be like, "Hey, we need some practice. What's a good meet we could practice with? How about the NCAA championships?" Boom. I think they're actually gonna, they're going to host uh, Peyton Jordan there. Actually, I was going to say like I, I they may, maybe they'll give them like a one off. Diamond League type meet that year. So, yeah, but I don't know that. Uh, track and field for the Olympics. Yeah, I think it's going to be in the Coliseum. They're going to add, put a temporary track in there. Yeah, it's on like a Kirby be- Lee, the photographer was explaining this to me. That That's who told me about it. It's got like a, like it lowers down or something. There's going to be some sort of like hydraulic element to the to the track. I'm not doing it justice, but I'm sure people can Google and, oh, and wow. find out the the information. It's going to be cool because they're not going to they build. Try to make- they're not building a 
permanent track in there because then that pushes all those football seats back. It's going to be a temporary yeah, thing yeah. that's in there. But they should they should have NCAs there. I'm for it. I'm for it. I just I don't think that will happen. I think a better, more realistic thing would say, hey, let's just try to do it at Mount Sac. We're back we to Eugene. A, maybe Eugene. Have we thought about exploring Eugene at all? Is that on the table? Uh, listen, I like, again, as you've reminded me and everybody else, not a fan of the, the renovation, but I like having the meet in Eugene because I think it's cool to put the meet in a place where people care. And then obviously, logistically, I think it's helpful because they figure out a way to make money or at least not lose a ton of money and they have the infrastructure ready to go so they can say, hey, we're doing NCAAs and they got the plans and then it's up and running. These other places, I think it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask to have them to do them. That's a big deal. A four-day long track meet with all those teams, that's that's tough to manage. So Eugene is basically living up to their track town USA mantra. Tara Ho, who calls themselves the cross-country town USA, Gotta get going. it's not looking good. It's not looking well, good I, for them. An indoor the, town USA got, is available. If anybody wants to get the yeah. mantle of indoor town. But like – Apparently, Cross Country Town USA is only hosting NCAAs once between now and 2025, and it's the Division Three championships. Wow. That's sad. I'm guessing they'll host some regionals along the way there. I don't know whose yeah. decision that was. I don't know whose decision that was. Well, I think also they might ho – I think they're trying to, like, compete with NXN and – um and Foot Locker, because NFHS, okay. whatever you call it, NSAF, the the meet formerly known as New Balance Nationals, because okay. that's like now not sponsored by New Balance. That organization, I think, is putting together a cross-country championship now. So now we're going to mm -hmm. have three cross-country championships, you know, which is what we need. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I want to know that – did you know that the, uh, the new – NJCAA Division Three uh, championships mm. are going to be in Troy, New York. That's a big deal. I did not know that. I just found out those NJCAA Division Three. Is it last year when you and Lincoln told me that, and it blew my mind. And I spent yeah, yeah. way more time than I'm willing to admit on TFERS or some results database looking up what it took to be an NJCAA All American, D three All American. It's very interesting. I appreciate this D two D two. Pueblo, Colorado is hosting D2 Outdoors in 2023 and 2025. The name of their stadium is called the Thunder Bowl. Whoa. Isn't Are you that serious? crazy? Yeah, the At Netta CSU and Pueblo? Eddie DeRose Thunder Bowl in CSU Pueblo. I'm Googling this, the Thunder Bowl. Okay, that's a bowling alley in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Let's try this again. Uh, CSU Thunder Bowl, Pueblo. CSU Pueblo. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, I'm looking at this stadium. All right, I'm getting some some images here. Okay, it is a – oh, wow. Oh, you should Google this. I should? Google this. Google it. It's got Everyone an interesting – Thunderbolt. Yeah, Google along with us, folks, if you're uh, <laughs> listening at home. So it's got – so one end of the track – okay, so you got a press box and stands from, from end to end, basically. And then you got that grass oh, – wow side which i like i am a do you like the grass side where people can sit on the grass i've always thought that was cool in any sort of yeah. facility i grew up going okay. to a stadium that had grass 
Okay, but what's going on on the other end? The end yeah. where there's it's a Thunderwolves. It just <laughs> there's just like concrete for a really long time. Like what is that over there? Why is that like that? I don't know. It it's it's because that doesn't make it a bowl. If it's gonna be a bowl, it's got to curve up on that side. It's flat, it's like, and then it goes up. It's yeah, that's weird. It's a lot of concrete. Just so much concrete know. on that side. And are there stands on that side? I guess there are a little bit of stands, but then I just see a lot of people like standing on track level. My like my question is how they're gonna be able to put you know the track and field tents like how are they gonna get a track and field tent to stay sturdy on just a f- f- slab of <laughs> con- tilted concrete you know How's yeah that gonna work well and then if you look on the top of the the grass side there there's more there's people walking on that concrete too up there like you can there's a lot of viewing opportunities here and I guess that yeah they're called the Thunderwolves so that makes sense that it's the Thunder Bull. A plus name doesn't exactly make sense, but I'm excited for the yeah. CSU Pueblos year to host. This is going to be cool. Doesn't really look like a bull, but whatever. No, a, just a ton of concrete, just so much concrete and the grass. So I um, I do have uh, I do have other breaking news. Okay, you got got to go quick here. Oh, we're running out of time. It's kind of a big deal. So some you know I sent you, the studio. Uh, we talked we talked about it yesterday. Um, mm. I think with Lincoln how they're now going to grant an extra year of eligibility to people for this income upcoming winter season. Mm-hmm. Right. But okay. yes, in the details of that announcement, they said that schools are no longer required to meet the minimum number of sports um, that you need to be considered NCAA D1, which means okay. like the whole reason why a lot of sports are sponsored by a lot of schools is because they need to have a certain number in order to be football eligible or conference eligible. They're taking out that requirement and you're allowed to say, we can't support this sport due to COVID. Like that's going to be a reason you're allowed to pull out of a sport now. Okay. And is that related to giving eligibility? I don't know. It was just in the, it was in the same, it was in the same announcement, like the same Mm -hmm. meeting notes, but you know, that's a big deal for track, right? Because now a school might be like, hey, let's drop track because we don't need it. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's going to happen, but that was keeping a lot of programs alive because, hey, you need to have 10 sports. They're, they're at the minimum 10, so they can't cut anymore. But now if yeah, schools are already at the minimum number of sports, they can probably cut more all of a sudden. So it'll be interesting to see well, what happens. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have to see what the committee, select, competition, council, board of regent, governors, what they say when they get a chance to weigh in on this. Because <laughs> yeah. there's probably saying, more steps too. Yeah, no, it's interesting. There's uh, haymakers out there that might come come down and blow up a uh, a track program here or there. We don't know. It could be yeah. coming. So. Okay. Good breaking news there. Or not good news, but yeah. interesting breaking news yeah. there from the intrepid reporter Gordon Mack. Safe travels, Gordon. <laughs> Enjoy yep. Stillwater. Tell Mike Smith I, I, I said hi, but don't follow him too closely. What's up? I like how you guys, you and Lincoln on your podcast, you talk to me you talk about me like I'm like a baboon. 
Like, oh, he's going to give everyone COVID. He's going to be throwing <laughs> his mask in the air, kissing everyone on the lips. Like, come on, man. You got to give me a little more respect than that. I didn't. Did I think that was more of a a Lincoln thing. I just said you don't believe in sunscreen or sun. You don't believe in sunburns, not sunscreen, sunburns. That's all I said, which is which is. Yeah, I mean, there were some no. facts thrown in there. There were some facts uh, sprinkled in the in the in the talk. But, you know, not everything Again, was true. If I'm saying, if I'm being critical, it's just because I'm jealous that I'm not able to go. And I I am going to be, I'm going to consume this content quicker than I've consumed any (laughs) flow track content since like 2008. Since like the first time I saw, oh man, that's what Alan Webb's voice sounds like. Holy crap. (laughs) Whoa. They do do workouts on tracks. That's how I'm going to be this weekend. I'm just going to be refreshing because I'm going to, I'm going to be so desperate. So no pressure. Make sure you deliver. I will try my best. Good. Good. Email the pod. Flowtrack podcast. Yes, flowtrackpodcast.gmail.com. Thanks, Ulan, for producing. Lincoln and I will be back tomorrow. We'll see you guys then.